Hi, welcome to Reset Your Mindset by Life Stance Health. Myself, Dwight Thompson, and my co-host, Nicolette Lianza, will bring you conversations with leading Life Stance Health professionals who will help guide you on your journey to positive mental health and well-being. At Life Stance, we believe in the three pillars of mental health, mental flexibility, mindfulness, and resilience. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to another episode of Reset Your Mindset. Um, my host, Nicolette Lianza, and myself, Dwight Thompson, are really excited to be joined today um, by Dr. Jennifer Schoenfeld. Um, Nikki, please uh, do the honors of introducing and, and getting some more information from Dr. Schoenfeld about her. Sure thing, Dwight. Dr. Schoenfeld, we're very excited to have you on our episode today. And I know you work out of our Dublin office. So can we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a child and adolescent psychiatrist. I graduated from Wright State University School of Medicine. I've been practicing about 17 years and I um, see patients in a private practice setting in Dublin. Um, But I do have experience in multiple other kinds of practice settings like inpatient and community mental health. Um, in various outpatient settings, and some of my passions with child and adolescent psychiatry are working with kids who have depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar disorder, um, but I do have a special place in my heart for children who have autism and coexisting mental health conditions. Wow, that's great. May I ask, have you seen an increase in clients um, struggling with mental health issues in in your time working as a child psychiatrist? Have you seen an increase in mental health issues with children? Um, Yes, I I would say I really have. Um, You know, obviously, in the present situation of our global pandemic, uh, we've Mm -hmm. definitely increased mental health issues. Um, And for those who didn't have mental health concerns in the past, new ones have developed. Uh, For those already diagnosed, they are worsening. Children have become depressed and anxious with the lack of social work, the quarantine with family, um, trying to live in their home without the same access to teachers and help to do their schoolwork. And um, that's created unprecedented stress. But Mm -hmm. however, pre-pandemic, there still was an increase in childhood mental health issues. I personally believe this stems from social and academic pressure and uh, decreased strength and focus on the family unit. This topic pretty much needs its own podcast, honestly. Oh, right, right. Um, but briefly, um, we have become a really busy society. Children and parents are constantly running around and doing things. Everyone is going a different direction. Um, Not only is this overwhelming and exhausting for children, but it does not allow them enough downtime to relax or just play outside. It doesn't allow time for parents and kids to talk to one another and bond. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like school has become a huge stressor. Students are being told they have to work harder, take more classes, get all A's, or else they'll never get into college or have a productive Mm -hmm. life. Um, and uh, competition is really very fierce in our society. 
you know, teenagers are staying up until the wee hours of the morning doing homework and Mm. going to school absolutely exhausted every day. Um, And lastly, I think screens and video games um, pull many children into imaginary worlds, some of which are filled with violence. And um, hours of time playing games eats up time that could be spent in much healthier activities. It impairs face-to-face communication skills, creates tension in the child. It erodes the precious focus that's needed for schoolwork. So many children become irritable from playing video games and uh, this ends up getting looked at as a mental illness also. Yeah. Well, if there was any question as to why we thought you would be perfect for this episode, um, you've answered it with all of that um, information. You really do. um, One thing that's special sort of about our practice is that we have providers that focus on different populations um, and different mental health disorders. And you sort of encompass that with your um, work with child and adolescent patients and especially um, kids um, uh, that have been diagnosed with autism. Um, You know, you you touched on a lot, but one thing that you mentioned was um, us kind of becoming a, a really busy society. Um, and in a busy society, a lot of the folks that are so busy are, are parents of these kids that have been struggling with, um, you know, managing their child and, and also managing their child's mental health. Why, why is it important for parents to um, be mindful of, you know, not only their child's health and well-being overall, but specifically their mental health? Yeah, that's a great question, Dwight. Um, A child's mental health is really just as critical as their physical health. And I think that gets lost in the shuffle a lot. Um, Many parents don't realize or acknowledge this, and many children are great at hiding their feelings so that family and friends are unaware of how they feel. Um, And you, you wonder, you know, why would they do that? But most kids are afraid of disrupting their parents' happiness or Mm. making them overly concerned, um, you know, when they're not feeling well. Um, So for most children and adults, one's mental health is really kind of the foundation for their physical health, in my opinion. Um, Without both mental and physical well-being, no one can really truly say they're actually well. And if you have an interest in spiritual health, this also plays an integral part in overall well-being. But it's important for parents to stay connected as much as possible with their children um, so they can notice a change in their child's mental health early in the course of a disease. Yeah. So Dr. Schoenfeld, How can parents tell if maybe their child or their teen are struggling with mental health issues? Are there some signs they should be looking for? Um, Yeah, most definitely. Um, First of all, I I do want to qualify this with saying that sometimes it's really hard to see the initial signs Mm -hmm. of a mental health condition until they become, uh, you know, actually a change from the child's baseline. Um, So first and foremost, if you see a child's mood change, there should be some cause for concern. You know, if they're not their usual self, whatever that may be, um, you want to start thinking twice about what's going on. 
like I said, though, many children are adept at hiding their feelings. And a majority of patients who have depression can go unnoticed for quite some time. Um, so we want to be looking for children who are isolating themselves more than usual, uh, being uh, becoming irritable or overly quiet. Um, if you notice your children's schoolwork is kind of slipping or their hygiene is leaving something to be desired, um, they, they may be depressed. Yeah. Um, noticeable changes in behavior like sleeping or eating are also red flags, um, like decreased interest in activities they would normally enjoy, decreased motivation, and of course, at the extreme end of the spectrum would be self-harming behaviors or suicidal mm -hmm. thinking or actions. Um, lots of times in younger kids, um, the first thing you might see is them making comments that are sort of self-deprecating. You know, I'm just stupid. I'm ugly. You don't love me. People don't like me. I shouldn't be around. Things mm -hmm. like that. Um you know, sometimes parents just kind of pass that off. It's it's distressing right. to them, but they mm -hmm. do kind of let it go. And um, we, we don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, and it also seems too. Uh, I mean, this is really helpful because parents a lot of times don't know exactly what to look for. And then once they do see some of these things that you are referring to as sort of red flags, it's sort of the alarming, uh, the alarming response of that worries me but I genuinely don't even know where to start to address it mm. um so so where where do you start to address it well I think um there's a couple places I mean your pediatrician would be probably the number one person to go to at that point in time mm -hmm. um to talk to them but you might also consider talking to the child's school counselor to their teachers um Oftentimes, kids' friends will reach out to the child's mm. parent and say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, Susie said something to me the other day and it kind of upset me or I, I was really kind of worried about her or something mm -hmm. to that effect. But um, I feel like going to your pediatrician or your family practice doctor is the place to start. Um, and then also maybe bringing in the school counselor, um, sure. you know, too. Yeah. And so what can, so that's sort of, you know, bringing in a third party to assist with it at home um, and sort of in the family unit, uh, what can be done on the parent's behalf to kind of support the kid um, that might be struggling? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think for sure the biggest thing you need to do is try to open the lines of communication but that's also the most difficult thing to do because oftentimes mm -hmm. kids just really don't want to talk to their parents about this right. stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you just sort of increase your FaceTime with the child, like mm -hmm. make yourself more present, be mm -hmm. there for them, um, you know, sit down and have a snack with them and, you know, start up a conversation or, you know, take them on an errand with you in the car and, you know, just listen to what they're saying and, um, and show them that you're available and that you're concerned. Um, and why is that important? Why is it important to have that FaceTime? Um, well, I think it's hugely important because right now I don't think kids have FaceTime a lot with their parents. Right. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, they're, they're just, everybody's running different directions. It's, it's like, there's this, huge hamster wheel that everybody's mm -hmm. stuck in. 
Um, you know what I find? I find the, the parents, I know you were speaking earlier about kids and the screen time they have. You know, I, I'm finding parents, you know, same thing, maybe, you know, at the end of their work day, they're just going on their phone and just scrolling and just kind of like, that's their thing to decompress. And so they're just maybe scrolling through Facebook or whatever. And that could be time of just, I love that you said being available to your child, because I think that is so important. You know, so if the, the parents just kind of sitting there scrolling through and they may be getting mad at the kid that they're just on their social media. Well, it's role modeling it, too, of making mm -hmm. that time for one another. Show you are available to the to your child as yes. well. So really yeah, the important. role modeling is an excellent point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do what you want your kids to do. Exactly. exactly yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, so far, you know, kind of talking about what can be done to support the kid um, from, from a family unit, from all of the different perspectives, um, honestly, more of the, the adults in the child's life. What can, you know, if there's a kid listening to this that wants to know what can be done on an individual basis, what would you recommend to, you know, someone to be doing, have some self-initiative to kind of cope with some of this? Yeah. Um, well, my number one prescription is actually sleep. Oh, yes. Wow. Yep. I like that you said that. Yeah. That's the number one prescription I give patients is um, I stay on top of their sleep. Because sleep, if you do not have sleep, you are not going to feel good, whether it's That's physical exactly right. or mental. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that kids now have a horrible time uh, getting mm -hmm. onto a good sleep schedule that they can maintain. So adults I, too, adults too. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I, I tell kids and parents, you have to have good sleep. Um, and right alongside that, my second most prescribed uh, intervention is nutrition. Um, mm -hmm. You would be so surprised at the kids um, who who's when you change their nutrition and you just feed them healthier foods, you just mm -hmm. take out junk food and, and things like that, that are not good for them. Um, and you put them on sort of a schedule of eating when their body can expect food. Um, I've had parents be absolutely flabbergasted at how their child's mood changes once mm -hmm. they have sleep and good nutrition. So, um, those are my two big mm. things um, yep. to that manage stress and um, anxiety. But, you know, um, the next big thing would be to um, allow kids to have some break time, some free time. Just Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, even if mm -hmm. you have to schedule it. Um, you know, I, I do tell parents to limit the child's screen time to about two hours a day at maximum. Um, I certainly don't prescribe taking your cell phone to bed with you, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you know, anything they could do, um, also to stay physical, go on walks, do some chores, right. um, you know, I think physical and, um, you know, then mental calming, like meditation or yoga or something, sure. but I, I do want to put in a plug for one thing. Yeah, please do that really, really is a major player in um, kids' mental health and family dynamics. And that is eating together in the evening. Mm -hmm. Very uncommon. Right. It's right. very uncommon. You're absolutely right. 
but it is so, so critical. I mean, we have actual research backing this up that the kids are healthier. They do better in school. The family dynamics are better. Everybody's happier. Um, I know, you know, most families now can't do it every single night, but, um, you know, if you can do it a, a few nights a week where you can all sit down together, everybody sees each other, gets to talk, um, you know, gets to enjoy a meal together. I mean, maybe you even prepare and clean up the meal together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I agree. Those are all great yeah. points, Dr. Schoenfeld, really we, important stuff. We, I mean, we could do a whole podcast simply on sleep hygiene. No, oh, absolutely. Um, we might have to have you back for that because yeah, that is yes, something. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of adults are, it's, it's honestly kind of nuanced to some of the f- people raising kids right now um, mm-hmm. because sleep hygiene is something that just recently and still very minutely has been stressed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that is, yeah. we appreciate that information. Um, Hi, gosh, Dr. Schoenfeld, you are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for sharing all these important tips for parents, for children. And I think my biggest takeaway is going back to the roots of the family coming together, parents making themselves available to their children, sitting down together for meals, getting outside, exercising, uh, screen time, uh, taking time away from screens. I think those are all so integral to mental health in kids. And I think another thing you really emphasized was, you know, mental health is just as important as physical health. And I think we definitely are moving more towards recognizing that with our children as well. So I appreciate you sharing all, all those tips with us. What about you, Dwight? Anything that yeah. really stood out for you? Um, I mean, several things. Honestly, the biggest thing for me was the, the Dr. Schoenfeld, your specific um, prescriptions, as you referred to it, um, I, I right right now, I think we'll extend an invite for you to come back and do an episode with us on sleep hygiene, because I just think mm-hmm. that is so important. Um, I think that we could talk a lot more about that um, and just kind of like family dynamics in general. So I hope you uh, will be willing to come back and join us because uh, we really appreciated your insight. Well, thanks very much to both of you. I've really enjoyed doing this and um I, I'm very passionate about child and adolescent psychiatry, and I just uh, want to get things out to people, information that's easy and implementable. And um, I would love to come back and talk some more. Awesome. Great. Right? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We'll make welcome. that happen. Dr. Schoenfeld, thanks again. Yep. My pleasure. Thank you.